Hey guys, this is another episode of 81 Points, and in this episode, we recap the Houston Rockets game. Very big win. Huge win for the team. Uh, we dissect what happened in that game, what our main takeaways were, the things that we can feel good about from that game, a couple of concerns that we may have from that game, and uh, moving forward to the weekend, we have the Pelicans coming up, which is... Mm-hmm going to be quite the emotional matchup given all that's happened in the past weeks in particular for the young guys in particular i'm looking at you brandon ingram and kaguzma <laughs> yeah we'll see how they respond to uh yeah but we have every reason to think that they're gonna perform well you know um, yeah if this game is any indication then yeah should they should be they should be showing that they're they're ready to play yeah and so overall, we feel pretty good about how, where we are. Um, of course, we wish we would be in a much better position. But given where we are and what just happened in the last game, there are things to be optimistic about. What could have been a somber podcast is actually a very encouraging one. Yeah, you know, that game yesterday that a lot of emotional, a lot of emotions were in the balance as a result of that game. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much what's going to be every game of the season for the rest of the rest of the way. I, feel I like. think so. Yeah. So luckily, unfortunately, the Lakers won against the Houston Rockets. So we feel good. Yep. It's a TGIF podcast episode for you guys. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest installment of 81 Points. Welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Okay, welcome to another episode of 81 Points. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. We're recording this on a Friday evening, probably my favorite time of the week, (laughs) you know. We're done with work, we're ready for the weekend, and today felt especially a lot better because of last night's win. A very, very big win. A win we did not expect, actually. Yeah. Um, LeBron, in his words, uh, is now activated. (laughs) So this will be our activated episode. He was, uh, you know, playoff activated. Yeah. You yeah. know who else was playoff activated? Who? James Harden. Oh, you think so? <laughs> With his choking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shots fired. That didn't come from my mouth. Oh, it, I didn't say anything about James Harden. But I Harden. know you loved it, though. I know you loved it, though. Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice uh, nice game. Uh, do you want to... <clears throat> let's just talk about last night's game. So Yeah, for sure. Because uh, there's a lot of... Uh, like a lot of factors and a lot of things that that came with it. Yeah. Drama. So I guess uh I wanted to lead off by asking you at one point the Lakers were um I think for the first half it was um pretty much the Rockets were 
controlling the action, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Chris Weber, who was uh, commentating on the game, he made a, actually a really um, interesting comment uh, during the first half. I think Weber actually has improved a lot as a commentator. Yeah. He, uh, when he first started off, it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. But he's made some strides. He, he he made some. He said something really insightful, which was that you know now now the Lakers are in a very um, tenable situation where they have to perform really well during this stretch run, and so there could be a little bit of nerves. And he also noticed that you know the crowd could be. Could feed off of the nervousness of the players. Oh, I, I remember. I remember. And uh, he noticed that the crowd at Staples Center last night was a little bit nervous and tense. And I, I, I felt that too as somebody and, watching from and, home. And, you know, if there's anyone who could feel that. <laughs> <laughs> Am I just throwing zingers on a, on a lot of players? But if there's anybody who feels that, you know, it's he, you know, Chris Weber. C. Weber has had uh, an unfortunate <laughs> Mr. Uh, Timeout himself. Unfortunate string of events happened during throughout his career. You know, you know what is other otherwise a Hall of Fame career though, and a very talented player. Yeah, he still but, hasn't made it to the Hall of Fame yet, huh? Well, I think this is the year he's in the class to make it. I think that's yeah. Oh, I thought he got um, snubbed again. I, I think I, I, I think he's been snubbed like twice now already. Okay. I I think what I'm reading though is that the expectation is that he's going to make it in this class. Um, but and, I mean, and I think he should. Yeah, I think he's he's yeah. Um, but anyways, I don't I don't know if I completely bought that. Um, but uh, nevertheless, like you know, when the Rockets were up. I, I mean, well, first of all, I think going in, we no one expected the Lakers to win, right? You didn't expect them to win, right? Uh, to say that I expected a win would probably be going too far. So you, but I, okay. I, I felt like there was a chance. There was a chance. Okay, yeah. but what about when the Rockets were up nineteen? At that point, no, yeah. no. See, yeah. I, I for sure, I thought that too. Right. Um, and I think uh, there's probably so there's a couple of different angles you can probably go about it. I think there's a there's a lot of positives if you're a Laker fan. Um, the flip side is that, you know, you've heard all the chatter from like the rocket side about how it was because of the refs and Scott Foster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like how much stock would you put into that? Cause I think the stats are actually pretty, pretty, like you can make a case that Scott Foster had at least some kind of impact on it. Um, I would put some stock into that, yeah. but overall, when you're up 19, do you think a ref has that much power to bring a team back from a 19-point deficit? <clears throat> um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you. I think you got to give the credit to the Lakers to you got to at least make the shots, right? Yeah. Um. So what were what were your uh, impressions? of like the first half did you watch the whole game i watched most of it yeah so the um, first half was basically it looked like the rockets were controlling the they game they had their way they were having their way uh 
even this was even with James Harden picking up three fouls in the first quarter. Yeah, and the Rockets were still. It's it seemed like they were coasting. Yeah, and, and they he, were up for right. most of the first half. I, I thought so too. It seemed really very easy for them. Yeah. Um. Another thing too was um. I don't and I I maybe me just reading into things, but I thought that LeBron's body language. Did you notice that? At yes. All? That's one of the main things I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, and uh, so I don't know if like a lot of people have picked up on it. Um. I don't know, maybe he's, I'm sure somebody on Twitter has made comments about it because it's hard It's hard to be LeBron and not be scrutinized with every little thing. Yeah. But I don't know. It To me, like, he was pretty fucking demonstrative about his body language about certain with certain plays. He's getting visibly upset over <laughs> things. It and, looks like he's, it looks like he's, um, yeah, his patience is worn. His patience is wearing thin. More so than ever in his career, right? I, well, I don't know. I, I haven't really seen much of regular season LeBron James. Yeah. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know if I can speak to that. But I just felt like a lot of the plays that... So there were at least two where he just... He was so demonstrative in his, like, his disgust or his disappointment. There was one where I think he had Austin Rivers on him yeah and he was in the low post and he wanted the ball yeah but and then KCP, KCP yeah, shot a three shot yeah and uh I didn't really have a problem with KCP shooting though there um but then and then the other one was with uh Brandon Ingram like airballing a three yeah yeah and he he kind of you know slumped his big ass shoulders because <laughs> LeBron's a huge dude yeah um so I He's such a passive aggressive guy that when I saw that, I was like, he's got to know that he has, like, at a minimum, a hundred eyes on him, like, all the time. Do you think? I, I, I kind of feel like when guys are playing the game, when people play sports in general, you kind of get lost in playing the game. Like, I don't think he's consciously aware of the fact that. Oh yeah, like every movement is going to be scrutinized while he's playing. Yeah, maybe. So I, I know, feel actually. like I feel like it's a good, um, it's a good, I guess, view into like their true emotions. Hmm. I have this whole theory about, and and I always I always thought that this was going to be a weird and a really interesting pairing. When, when LeBron signed with the Lakers because you have a guy that's, you know, he's still in his prime, but he's he's going to be close to the tail end of his career shortly. By the end of his career, you mean? Or by the end of the contract, you mean? Like, we're, we're nearing, I mean... We're it, nearing the end of the prime. We're nearing towards the end, you know? Sure. Um, hopefully, he's still in his prime. I think he still <clears throat> is in his prime, but... At some point, he's going to be um, at the tail end of his career. Yeah, I don't you know? think we're going to see prime LeBron all four years. Yeah, I mean, there's a you can see the finish line for his career yeah, right. soon. So his mentality is, I don't have any patience. I gotta, I gotta win now. There's no, there's no like, I want to grow with these guys. But I want to grow into this. But also, that's not a fair. That's not something fair. Something he can claim. I feel like. He knew what he was getting into at the, you know, right? At least into this season. 
Wouldn't you say? He should have known. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but I, I, I'm what I'm saying is that's at this point at this point of his career, that's kind of what I feel like his mentality is. Yeah. And then you have like the young Lakers, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, in their second or third year in the league. So they're still trying to find their way, trying to grow into their roles, trying to see what they can become. So in that respect, I always thought there was somewhat of a disconnect between it was an odd the, pairing. Young, the young guys and LeBron. It, it was It's an odd pairing, and it kind of was like there's a, the writing was on the wall as soon as he signed that these guys, these kids' numbers, days were numbered on the Lakers, right? Yeah, so I think, I think you know, seeing the visible frustration on the court when LeBron is playing is was bound to happen you know and going forward how how is this going to get resolved i've i've tried to go back and look at examples of former mvps who in their later years joined another team full of younger players there's not that many examples this is like almost a first Mm-hmm. In NBA history, where a guy of LeBron's stature at this point in his career to join like a rebuilding, team. yeah, goes to a team full of young players. I think the only other parallel that I thought of was when Shaq got traded to the Miami Heat, and he was not in his prime at that time. time he right? was kind of oh, still. Actually, he was yeah. kind of still in his yeah, prime. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, not like the absolute peak of his powers, but he was still yeah. all-star, Shaquille O'Neal. And, uh, like, I would say LeBron is more in his prime than Shaq was at Miami, right? He, yeah, which yeah. is which is kind of amazing because when Shaq joined the Heat, he was, uh, I think he was like 32, mm-hmm. and LeBron is 34. Well, LeBron is an absolute, like, physical marvel and an exception to every yeah. role right now yeah and uh you know when Shaq joined the heat that ended up working out for the for them because they they did squeeze the championship out of that yeah it was totally worth it and uh a reason for that was i think Dwayne wade was a lot more further along in his development than any of these young lakers and also i think Dwayne wade was it was already kind of you could already tell that Dwayne Wade was a he ha, he had that it factor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that just you know yeah for lack of a better description, but yeah, you don't. Some of our guys may have that still. We just don't necessarily know. But when Shaq got to uh, the Heat, I think we already knew that that Dwayne Wade had that he had that thing. Yeah, and one and one. Um... Huge reason why we can say that was because he was in the playoffs the the previous season, mm-hmm. and he was like hitting game winners, like mm-hmm. you know, proving himself down the stretch in the in the previous season's playoff run. Mm-hmm. And you know these these young Lakers they haven't had that opportunity yet, right? So there there hasn't been many there hasn't been much precedence to what LeBron is doing right now. And, you know, we, we've, we've said in previous episodes that here's a guy that's a super calculated athlete. He's very meticulous in the moves that he makes. So I'm wondering if he 
feels any hint of like, oh, this is more than I bargained for coming to the Lakers. <laughs> He's got regret. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Buyer's remorse. Any? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think... Uh... I think he'll he'll make that decision whether he's regretful for having signed with the Lakers or not next this this coming off season. When we do or do not get another max right. player, right? Because yeah. yeah, there's a difference between having high expectations, um, but also being realistic still. And I think in his most realistic scenarios that he played in his head he knew like this team was not going to be like a championship or even or like a finished product this year right you know there were you know there were uh quotes prior to the season where he's like yeah we needed to be patient yeah you know stuff like that yeah and then the lakers started doing really well and then he was like well no i I never said i was gonna i'm almost it's always a championship year and then as soon as the lakers started shitting again it was like yeah yeah Yeah. it was supposed to be a gap year you know yeah um and i think that's that's kind of what where reality is um but back to the game i think um i you know despite with the whole ref controversy and all that like there were some key uh developments from that game Mm -hmm. in particular i would say the most uh is Brandon Ingram's emergence. Right. And this was say? this was something that we kind of saw coming for a while now. First of all, he's always been a better second half of the season always. player. Always. And then... What is, know, is this, this is his fourth year? This is his third year. His third year. Okay. Yeah, I feel like he's... Yeah, his first two years, he's done the same thing, and he's already doing it again this year. It, it's... Yeah, it's kind of... Uh, yeah, it's kind of a thing with him now. Yeah, and there, there have there were signs leading up to last night's game for sure. You know, he's been playing signs. a lot better as of late. Um, while LeBron was out, he had a he had a couple of uh, really strong games, and I guess last night you can say might have been the best game of the season for him, or maybe even his career, or even his career. Because, I mean, he had yeah. a thirty six point game against. Uh, was it Philly? But then I mean they ended up losing the game. But right. Um yeah, 27, just, 27 mm-hmm. points, 13 rebounds. Yeah, yeah, it could have been it could have been the best game of his career so far. Um yeah, I just feel I just feel like because of the context of it, it's like the Lakers don't they haven't really played a lot of meaningful games in right. Brandon Ingram's career. And yeah. I feel like this game and, and I mean, you, and you know, like each subsequent game that's coming up on the schedule is going to be even more meaningful, I feel like. So this is the most meaningful game to date. And so for him to step up in this, to this degree is, is a huge sign, you know? Yeah. Let me, let me give you some numbers. So in the month of January, Brandon Ingram averaged 19 points, six rebounds, and four assists a game. Okay. Pretty stellar numbers, right? And this well, month, great numbers, but I think uh, the the I don't know the feeling and the expectation of Laker Laker fans out there. I don't know the sentiment out there. I feel like is still kind of mad about Brandon Ingram. You know, like to me, those are great numbers. Yeah, especially given his age. Yeah, but it's like Ingram either has to be an amazing finished product right now, or he's just shitty. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I've said this before. I think part of it has to do with his quiet demeanor. 
I mean, his nickname is the Humble Beast. You know? Oh, is it? I, yeah, I that's one that. of his nicknames. <laughs> uh, so he's not like the most demonstrative guy on the court. And uh, as as Laker fans know, we've identified with people with a lot of swag over the years. I mean, if yeah, guys like Kobe, Shaq, Magic, yeah. So he's he's uh you know he's a little bit different you know in yeah, that respect. He's definitely quieter, but I I I don't know. I still stand by it. I think he has swag and he has he has some moxie. Like he has some of that thing in him. Like the well, animal I, the, him. the nickname, the humble beast. That yeah. that kind of yeah yeah <laughs> that kind of encapsulates it. Apps, you know, because yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't think people give him as much credit. Um, but anyways, back to yeah, what he's averaging in January. I think um. Yeah, it's just we're just seeing sort of the the, the blossoming of Brandon Ingram. Right? Yeah, and and in this month of February, he's averaging eighteen points, six rebounds, and three assists. So, uh, pretty much around the same. Uh, this in this twenty nineteen calendar year, he's been picking up the pace a little bit. One thing that I really noticed was that his free throw shooting has improved quite a bit which is always a sign of good things yeah come. so he's shooting 78 percent from the free throw line this month okay and last night he was 11 of 14 from the stripe and he started off really poor i think his first two free throws were complete and utter breaks and he ended up cleaning it up for the rest of the way yeah, so you you pair you pair LeBron with a guy that can produce like that that will bode well for the team moving forward. You 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 brought up LeBron's kind of demonstrative frustration on the court, and in the first half, it almost seemed like I was still waiting for this activated playoff LeBron <laughs> to show up. But the funny thing about him is that he's a player that. Whether or not you think he's like quote unquote into it or not, he's always gonna stuff the stat sheet. Cause he's yeah. He's he can affect the game in so many different ways. Yeah. yeah. So he ended up with uh, you know, a very pedestrian twenty nine points, eleven <laughs> rebounds and six assists. You know, and actually and it, I feel like we need to say it again though, but don't you think doesn't it uh don't you feel good about this contract knowing that LeBron like his his game will still age really well don't you think so do you think his game is going to age really I, well I, I do like you know i don't know what it is i don't know if it's just me but i already i already feel like even watching him this year i feel like i can see he's lost a step he doesn't seem super fast to me but then he'll have these like spurts where he'll drive to the basket and you know just like that crazy ass dunk last night yeah he'll have these spurts where you're like oh shit you know that he's he's got it but for the most part like I don't know. He looks quite slow on the court, and part of that might be by design. Yeah, he, he, is it is it more spots. is it yeah is it more that he's just pacing himself than possibly? Um, maybe he just doesn't have the energy to like go all out all the time, but he's so capable of right. You know, doing it like in spurts, like right. you said. But it's just, <laughs> and the best way I can describe it is like, you know, uh, old people just have a certain gait. They have this gate to them, like, the way they kind of, like... And he's not an old, old, old-ass person, like, in society terms, but, like, I'm just saying, like, generally, you can kind of see when someone's old by even just the way they walk. And I feel like LeBron has that old man's gate when you see him, like, on the court. Yeah, a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Dude, do you know how... I mean, 
the amount of mileage that is on his, yeah. this guy's body, like there's and the dude is huge. Yeah, he's massive. You know. Well, he he kind of um, he kind of scoffed at that report that he's two hundred eighty pounds. <laughs> I mean, I I didn't know if I scoffed, but I was shocked to hear that. Yeah. Um, but a perfect example is like, you know, if you look at Tom Cruise and you look at his movies now, he has that old ass gait. His face looks like he looks still like he's like thirty five. He looks like the same Tom Cruise. But when you watch like a Mission Impossible film now and you see him kind of walking around, he's got this old ass gait to him, like where he's just like, he's kind of lumbering around. That's what I kind of see with LeBron. I, yeah. His face looks still like LeBron. But when I see him on the court and I see him moving around, unless it's like a very, uh, you know, um, intentional move to, a, to the basket or something. The dude is old, man. <laughs> Which, so for me, I'm encouraged by that, though. You know, because it just shows that he his he's got these incredible skills that are not going to erode just because the year's going to pass by. You know, the thing that concerns me is like what we talked about with the other guys, the other Lakers. It's like he has that old man's gait, as you say. Yeah, and so he knows what to expend his energy on and what not to expend his energy on, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, he's not going to, he's not really going to lock a guy down defensively anymore for an entire game because he wants to save it for offense, right? right? And in that same vein, I don't know that he has the patience to deal with these young Lakers Mm -hmm. as if he was like, you know the other teams that he's been on. I, I feel like I feel like this sh- there was a shift that happened uh, once he resigned with the Cavaliers. That's when he entered like elder statesmanship, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think his first run with Cleveland, yeah. he was like a young kid trying to like yeah. um, dominate the league, you and know, then you yeah. know he went to Miami, and right. all of his friends are there. And then when he went back to Cleveland, he sees guys like Kyrie Irving, like guys younger, much younger than him, and he's just like, now he's an older guy, and right. the whole um, mercenary type attitude came to play in yeah. that moment. It's kind of like uh, you know, young Cleveland LeBron was, it was just athletic LeBron, um, not necessarily the skills that caught up. And then I feel like Miami LeBron was his peak athleticism plus. Like skill skill yeah and then with you know cleveland slash now la it was it, this is kind of his you know his skills need to kind of make up for that yeah i mean do you remember when he when he was um in cleveland the first time like he would he would do all these like stupid like photo poses <laughs> with his teammates like yeah, during yeah, games yeah, yeah, yeah. he would be like just having like Goofy the LeBron. time the time of his life on the court yeah and doing all these like really intricate handshakes and stuff. Yeah. I don't see any of that here with the Lakers. Cause he was Does like, he not do that anymore? No. In fact, actually, <laughs> I noticed that he had this like elaborate handshake thing with CP3 before the game. Oh, right. But like not with any of these, not with any of his teammates. I'd be eager to know that actually. We should tweet that out and ask fans. Like, <laughs> yeah. LeBron stopped his... What, what, yeah, what I'm saying is like all that, all the, all the fun and games, it's over for him now. Like, well, he's, I mean, this is, we gotta, we gotta point out, you know, this guy is what, 34 now with two kids, right? Was it 
three kids. Three kids, yeah. yeah. He's got three kids. So he is a middle-aged man. And, you know? and his quote-unquote co-workers, they're like 23, yeah. 22, 21. Well, college, actually, like college students. Yeah. College yeah. or like um, post-grad so it's students. A, yeah, it's a middle-aged family man with three kids working with, you know, like college age kids. Yeah. So put yourself in that situation and it's like <laughs> Yeah, dude. You're rolling he's your not eyes. Gonna, he's gonna wanna go home <laughs> after work, not like go to happy hour with these guys, you know? He's not trying to like Well He already has his friends at this point. Yeah. And he's not gonna wanna like necessarily make new friends. Yeah. Well for him it's like now he's like, how am I gonna build upon my empire? You know? And like he wants to take these like important business meetings with you know ex- execs. Yeah. Whereas like yeah, we got these Laker fans or Laker players who are like firing up Fortnite to try to like you know. Right, and guys like Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo, they're like all up on each other's IG accounts. Yeah. Like you see them in their stories all the time, like a- acting acting a fool, like yeah. just goofing around, like people in their young twenties do. Yeah. You don't see LeBron in any Where, of that. Well, here's the thing. Whereas LeBron... He's drinking wine. He's drinking like wine. like wine cellar. Right. But also, whereas LeBron, when he, if he is doing something to that degree, there's always an angle to it. You know what I mean? Like that, that thing that he sent to call, uh, Kyrie with his him, you know, uh, singing that song. Yo, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like... It's him being like, hey, I'm fun too. But in reality, it's him. It's his angle of like... <laughs> you, know I mean, you know it is because he's such a calculating guy you know he's putting it out there um anyways i might think he's a little bit more genuine than than you do because i don't know some I, of this stuff i mean what i'm saying he's is, a goofy guy at heart yeah but well, yeah what i'm saying is he's, like he's 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 matured to a point now where he's over it yeah and yeah. i'm wondering if that what negative if at all impacts that has on the team with like team chemistry and things like that yeah but i i feel like at the end of the day though uh the damage with the whole anthony davis all that shit yeah uh that that has done way more damage than whatever the chemistry issues they had with just the old young age the old age and young young age difference you know was there any chemistry to begin with, though, in the first place? I don't know. I, 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 I didn't. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't think they were like. I didn't think that they were. They had issues. You know. I just always thought it was a bit. It was a bit of a strange pairing, though, mm-hmm. with LeBron and these young guys. I don't see. This is the thing, though. I don't necessarily. At the end of the day, though, LeBron is. He is a uh, just a basketball player, like to the like utmost degree. You know what I mean? He's a basketball savant. He loves the game. He eats, breathes, and lives the game of basketball. So for him, winning is everything, and he's fine with that. And he can be that consummate teammate on the court. Still, the reason why I say that is because look, he wants Anthony Davis, right? Why yeah. does he want him so much? Because he's so fucking good. But he's also really young. He's in that Fortnite crew type of age range. He's Kuzma's age, right? Yeah. So he's he's in he's right there. But 
he wants Anthony Davis really badly because at the end of the day, he just wants to I actually to don't feel like they're... I would not categorize them in the same like boat, though. Because well, Anthony Davis is like an established star. Why? But league. I think also another... The, the reason for that, though, is because he's so good, though. You know what I mean? Like, I think we attribute to him being mature. For one, yeah, he seems like a mature guy, but also he's like this otherworldly talent. You know I, mean, I mean, he's been in the league for like seven years now. Yeah. You know, so I would not, I would not, not quite put him in the same boat as like but, Ingram and Kuzma. But at the same time, like, it doesn't really matter how many years you are in the league. I feel like, like, you see like a J.R. Smith. Who's been in the, who's been in the league for forever, and uh, you know he'll take his shirt off at the championship uh, celebration. Which actually, it's, I mean, I'm cool with that. But you know, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like there's a difference still in uh, in how in how LeBron kind of like carries it out. Okay. Uh, so if we talk, go back to talking about the game. There was one point where the Rockets were up by 19. And uh, in your mind, what did you think was like the main thing that brought the Lakers back? Because I was, I don't, I think it was, and a lot of Laker fans have been saying like, Houston, more than any other team benefits from like the officiating, which is kind of ironic because, um, you know, Scott Foster was <laughs> refereeing the game. But uh, if they, they're, they're saying like, if, you know, James Harden is like the best in the league at drawing fouls. And if he's not able to do that, then the team kind of struggles. Yeah. And so it could be playoff James Harden was activated. It could sure. be yeah, it could be the case that James Harden was not able to like do the normal things that he does and as a result the Lakers were able to come back in that game. Did you you know I I I kind of thought that um the lineup that Luke decided to go with down the stretch was a key factor in the victory. Did you like Luke Walton's uh rotations? So, going into this game, I think the impression was that Josh Hart was not going to play. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as, as we know, he's still, like, dealing with knee issues. Yeah. But, you know, he came into the game, and he really... I know the stats are not going to show his impact, but he really brought a lot of energy and yeah. did a really good job defensively. And Luke decided to keep him out there. Um. Another revelation from yesterday's game was Reggie Bullock. Yeah, he was fantastic. You know, even more than the shooting, which we all knew that he was going to be a good shooter, his defense was really good on James Harden. Yeah, I didn't realize how, like, he's a very long guy. He's like a long dude. He's yeah. got a good uh, size to him. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, he. I think he's shooting like 44% from the three for the Lakers this, in his, you know, very brief stint yeah, so far. which is really good. Um. Yeah, I I thought he was the sort of the second biggest uh sort of revelation from it. Like number one was Brandon Ingram, and secondly was Bullock. Uh huh. Um. I. I don't know. 
because like what was your feeling when we first got him because i didn't think that he would be such an integral and he you know he still could flame out maybe but he yeah. he was just such an integral like part of this team win you know well when we don't tra- win that game if he's not right if, he's, if we didn't right have- when the trade happened i was like okay who is this guy <laughs> yeah first of all yeah and then i and then i looked up his numbers and i was like wow he shoots his shooting percentage is really good from three right so and he's and he's six seven so i was like okay maybe he can be of really good use to the team and we saw that in full display yesterday like he's it's almost he kind of reminds me almost like a trevor ariza right although yeah maybe not at maybe not like uh as long as good of a slasher as as an ariza i almost feel like reggie bullock though is a better shooter though yeah yeah yeah. a more of a shooter less of a slasher but same like similar body type maybe yeah wing player yeah wing player that can defend a three and d he's a three and d guy basically a good three and d guy yeah uh so that was um yeah, one of the major revelations of last night's game. Uh, I think LeBron, we saw a lot of LeBron at the five mm-hmm. down the stretch, which I think. I'm a little iffy you on know, that. Uh, like a few, a few teams aside, I think, I think the Lakers would be able to do that against a lot of teams. Mm. Um, I don't know. If we, if we think of teams in the West, like who would. Who would the Lakers have a tough time with with LeBron at the five? Like I don't know. There's not that many teams. Maybe uh, you have to say like Golden State with Boogie Cousins yeah. at the five. Uh, Denver with Jokic, maybe. Yeah. Um, Utah. Utah with Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Uh, but there are going to be a lot of teams where LeBron can be at the five, and I think that would be like hold his own a tough matchup for other okay. teams yeah i saw clint capella guarding lebron in many stretches of that fourth quarter and yeah. i was like this is just it's cake yeah and he was able to you know he was able to score on him yeah so that that and also the fact that the lakers you know actually hit their free throws yesterday yeah so all those huge. factors combined i think led to this like 19 point comeback uh, obviously it was a huge win. I think if we had, I, I think if the Lakers had lost yesterday, it would have been pretty disastrous. Really? I don't know. Well, I guess so. Cause every, every game is so crucial. Yeah. I just, I feel like, cause I wasn't expecting to win that. It was really, well, I think more surprise. from like a psychological standpoint. Right. Cause that is true. Leading up to it, all this talk about, okay, this is playoff LeBron. Yeah. He's activated now. And then. And especially like seeing the game, they're down 19 points. By the way, did LeBron like actually say that? Was he like, "Oh, playoff LeBron is going to be activated"? I right think now so. <laughs> I mean, not in those exact funny. words, but I think so. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, he said he said something like, "You know, I usually don't have to like turn it on this early, but he's going to have to something like that." <laughs> so, with all that with all that chatter, I think a loss yesterday would have been pretty hard to swallow. Yeah. Um, but they pulled out the win, which was really good. And now, gotta as, win these next two. As right? fate would have it, the next game is <laughs> against the Pelicans. And uh, the thing that I'm most interested in seeing is 
how Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma play in this upcoming game because oh, right. this you know for the past three weeks, mm-hmm. it's basically the news has been uh, indirectly that Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma are not good enough assets to be traded to yeah. the Pelicans. Yeah, and so if I'm either one of those guys. I'm sitting there like I'm. The I'm looking my chops at this, you know, for this game. Yeah, to come by. So right now, LeBron's just sitting on the side, be like, "Dude, you gonna let them say that about you?" <laughs> Is that what he's doing? I, hey, I would, I would gas him up too if I was if I was one of their teammates. Oh man! And I think Anthony Davis is expected to play. Is tomorrow. he okay? Yeah. All right. Um. Because the Pelicans, they don't want to get fined. I, you know, the league has threatened New Orleans mm-hmm. that they would fine them a hundred thousand dollars a game every time Anthony Davis doesn't play. So, I, he, I hope yeah, he doesn't I fully, get injured. I, I hope fully our, expect him to play. I hope our future Laker doesn't get injured. So you think he's, uh, <laughs> you think he's definitely coming to the Lakers this off season? I don't know, actually. Um, yeah. I don't know. I it's, think most people are suspecting it, though. Yeah. Based on what I've seen. I think it, it, it's all dependent on who uh, the Pelicans bring on board to the front office. Yeah. You know, if they, they pilfer that guy that's over uh, at Boston, you know, I think he's going he's gonna to do all that he can to, to send uh, Anthony Davis to Boston, I think. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think there's a lot of factors that come that... that that come into play, which is, and we did talk about this before, but the, you know, these, these young Lakers, well, first of all, these Lakers have to make it to the playoffs and they need to perform. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Ingram has to show that he's like, he's absolutely can make that leap, you know? And if anything, like make it at least tough for the Lakers to be like, do we, should we even include him in the, in, you know, in a package for right. Davis. That's the best case scenario, in my opinion, where the Lakers have to give pause, you know? Like, I, and I've said it before, I don't think, I don't think they should go back mm-hmm. to, to New Orleans and present, like, the same package that they yeah. uh, reportedly offered them prior to the trade deadline. That yeah. was just, like, a crazy offer. And now, um, yeah, like you said, like, I'm banking on these guys to perform well down the stretch to the point where it's not going to be worth it for the Lakers to trade all of these guys away for Anthony Davis. Yeah. I I mean, I would, yeah, I would love nothing more than these guys to do so well that the Pelicans are kind of hitting, like just hitting themselves. Like kicking themselves over not accepting the offer. Because, you know, they just, because of their little petty party that they pulled. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you expect out of Ingram and Kuzma tomorrow against the Pelicans? Um, well, I th- I'm expecting big things from Ingram because uh, there's a part of me that feels like Ingram has figured it out. Um, I think so. Like to I, a degree, I think so. Like I texted this to you yesterday while we were watching it, but I think his I think his drive to the to the basket now is either elite or very close to elite. He can get to the basket almost at will. Um, you know, I, I think he still needs to polish up his finishing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I'm at a point now where I feel pretty confident when he's driving to the basket. Yeah. All he needs all he needs is a solid three. If he and then gets, he would be a perennial all star. If he gets a three, that dude is a superstar. Yeah. For sure. Because, you know, like you said, the drive is really good. And the defense is, the defense is already there. It's already great. Here's the thing about his uh his drive. His drive is already really good. And he doesn't even have a shot where hit a three point shot where people need to respect respect it. Imagine what it would be if he had a three point shot that people need to respect. Well, it's because he's like six nine with a seven, seven, three, seven wingspan. three wingspan. So yeah. he usually gets matched up with like the opposing teams like power forward. Yeah. And he's like too quick for most of those guys. So his mid range yeah. is good too. Like his his, his elbow jumper is is good. Yeah. So we we went into the season expecting like Ingram to finish the year averaging twenty a game. Do you mm-hmm. remember us saying that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think if he continues this trajectory, then this stretch run, he could be close to that for this stretch run. Yeah, if he uh, yeah, because I think he's at seventeen right now, right? If he finishes, yeah. Let me look up his uh, season averages. If he closes out this season, uh, or if he closes out the rest of this year to to bring it up to like nineteen twenty, that means he's he's going off these last like twenty years own games. Yeah. So right now he's averaging seventeen point two points a game for the season. Okay. Shooting at forty eight percent. And yeah, if he if he finishes around nineteen, then that'll mean that this stretch run he was. You know, over twenty for sure a game. Yeah. So you expect you know you expect a, a game out of Bi tomorrow. What about Kuzma? I do. Um, I I mean I expect Kuzma to. The thing with Kuzma is that I expect him to always. It, the problem for him is not whether uh, he's coming out like with some purpose. He always does. It's just whether his shots falling. You right. Know what I mean. Right. So for him, it's like, yeah, I could see him dropping thirty eight. 36 or something but that's like him every game it's just yeah whether the shots are gonna well, what did you think not. about his game uh, last night i thought it was good i i had no complaints um it was just kind of kuzma you know he finished with 18 18 with six and five sh- it was few shots too i think right yeah thir- not, on 13 shots yeah uh, so he, he i thought he played great um yeah, yeah he was good Okay, so aside from Ingram and Kuzma, is there anything else for tomorrow's game that you're looking forward to seeing? I think I'm just holding my breath because we need to win these games that we should right. be winning. Right. You know, this is definitely lose, a must-win. If you like, lose tomorrow, in that respect, yeah. If you lose tomorrow, this Houston game was kind of pointless. Right. Right. Because there's no moral victories anymore at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. Um. Bah. One one guy that we haven't mentioned yet is Lonzo, and there were <laughs> we were supposed to we were so close to finishing the podcast. Well, I'm not saying anything bad about him. <laughs> I don't know if that's what you're hinting at. All right, all right. I'm saying we missed the guy. We need the guy. We do need the and guy. And on that front, there was news that came out recently that uh, Lonzo has um, actually a a bone bruise in his ankle, which might sideline right. him. Longer than the four to six weeks that was originally anticipated. I heard that too. So that could potentially be an even bigger blow than what was originally suspected. It just shows that he's... 
I don't know. I hope he's not injury prone, but it seems like he's kind of injury prone. Yeah. Um. So there's there's that to be on the lookout for. Uh, a couple of other things that I wanted to run by you. Did you see? Um. <laughs> did you happen to see Zion Williamson like blow out of his shoe? Yeah, I saw that. That was really scary. That was um. So he's actually he was actually wearing uh, Paul George's shoes. Yeah, which is kind of funny. Yeah, Paul George asked Nike, like, "What the fuck, right?" So, in my opinion, it's not really so much that the shoe is bad. It's it's because Zion is so explosive. He is such a freak athlete. Yeah, it it didn't even look like a crazy like move that he was making. He just like blew out of his shoe because he's just like so strong and like fast. Yeah, but. I think he sprained his knee or something like that. He he suffered like a, a, a minor knee injury. So everybody right now is is wondering like should this guy sit out? Just shut it down for the yeah. rest of the for the rest of his college career and wait for the draft or should he um try to come back and play for Duke? And there are a lot of strong opinions on that. By the way, so do you think uh Zion is more uh athletic than LeBron James? was because that would be pretty crazy i'm gonna that's a tough one they're they're pretty close they're pretty close yeah um i think lebron's bigger so well well, actually let me ask you do do you do you think uh do you think derrick rose was more athletic than lebron james like comparing it to like comparatively speaking uh no no, no. LeBron was yeah. athletic. I would still say LeBron overall. Mm-hmm. I would say LeBron is overall a better athlete, but Zion uh, has um, more bounce. Like his vertical is better, I think. Like the thing that I look at when I look at, or the thing that I see with Zion when I look at him is, and you know, if I had the number one pick, I'm still picking him first hundred out of a hundred times right but i'd be worried because like this whole idea of like a guy is almost too athletic for his own good because a guy you know a guy his size should not be that athletic uh-huh. so i'd be scared that this guy is gonna like kind of like derrick rose that and that's what i'm saying yeah. yeah that's what i was asking like it's almost like he's a little too athletic he's a little too explosive it's a little worrying you know you still draft him. You have to draft him, obviously. But yeah, I'd be I'd be worried as hell about that. You know, actually, now that I think of it, Derrick Rose when he was younger, it yeah. was like so. It was. I don't think he was. It was uh, abnormal looking, right? It was like so ferocious yeah. that it was like, oh my god, like this guy better be careful. And that's. I don't necessarily feel that with Zion though. Okay. Because well, the guy's built like a fucking truck, like right, but. But he's so explosive. Like when I saw that play where he was like driving, it was, it just looked like, my God, he he's like fucking too quick for his own shoes. Yeah, like, you know, I, I think I think the more apt comparison for him is like Blake Griffin, who okay. when he was in college was like super explosive too. And you know when he since he's been in the NBA, like he's had a string of like right. injuries. 
nothing like to the degree of Derrick Rose, but, but he's, almost, he's sat out some games. But wouldn't you say, I feel like, yeah, Blake Griffin was a freak of nature and absolutely top-tier athleticism, but I felt like he was a step below with the likes of like LeBron or Derrick Rose. In terms of athleticism? Yeah, and explosiveness. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... I don't know. I guess it depends on what where Zion fits in that. But uh, anyways, in regards to like him sitting down or sitting out, I think uh, what the positive thing that came out of it the most is how you know the NBA was proposing we got to bring back the the eighteen year old yeah yeah because age yeah it's minimum. bullshit with the yeah. whole thing about not being allowed to. You know. He should Zion. Think about this. Like Zion should be in the NBA right now for sure. So, this whole talk about, like, should he sit out or should he come back and play for Duke? The point is, this shouldn't have ever even been an issue to start with. They should have, he should have had the right to be in the NBA right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, so that's Zion. The last thing that I wanted to get your opinion on was <laughs> our, uh, the whole thing about Robert Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> so he's made news today. Yeah. Um, Robert Kraft, the owner of the uh, um, the Patriots, the New England Patriots, was caught in Florida, Jupiter, Florida, I believe. Um, yeah, he got caught uh, at a what is a rub and tug massage parlor. <laughs> um, I think actually, what is crazier than that? Is I, I don't know if who who it was that was reporting, but Adam Schefter Schefter was reporting that there's a bigger name than Kraft. than Robert Kraft. Yeah, at this massage parlor. Yeah, that got caught. It seems like a pretty rinky dink operation, though, right? I don't or... know. Um, yeah. Well, I think what's so bad about it, um, you know, I think if it was just like a, you know, you're run in the mill, just like a just a prostitution like type a, of thing. like a street whore or whatever yeah, yeah you know like basically just what they have in vegas but another place if it yeah. was that i don't think it would be as big of a deal you're talking about like the trafficking yeah but i think it. it's yeah. it's 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 making head headlines because uh you know these women are are forced are being yeah. forced to uh into this so um yeah because otherwise i you know for a guy who's worth six billion dollars you're kind of thinking you know, what are you doing? What are you yeah, doing I mean, I'm I'm wondering if he like knew that it was like a trafficking thing, or not. Who knows? Or maybe he just wants to get wanted to get like you know a quick his happy his happy ending. Yeah, and um, didn't really think too much about it. I don't really know. Yeah, so I don't know. I I think the fact that there's a bigger name out there is kind of crazy. Um, wow, that, which has hasn't been revealed yet. Hasn't been revealed yet. Okay. You know who lives in Jupiter? Jupiter, Florida. Tiger Woods. Yeah. <laughs> um, but people uh, are saying. But but we know Tiger has his type, though. Yeah, he has his type. Yeah. Unless this unless this massage parlor is filled to the brim with like blonde hair, blue eyes, like blonde, woman. like Russian girl, yeah. Russian girls or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah. We'll, we'll, there's more to come out of this uh, yeah. story for sure. But that kind of made a lot of news today. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, I think we, what we got to do now is just 
by the way but back to that back to the patriots though um if if all this like really blows up and it's really serious i could see them making him like sell the team or something or he at, he at least has to step down kind of like uh, a donald donald sterling yeah. type situation yeah because the nfl is so sensitive to this kind of stuff yeah it depends on like how crazy this trafficking operation yeah. is there's definitely going to be like major consequences yeah but i don't really yeah. know i don't really know what's going to happen you know people are saying roger goodell is already planning to to uh suspend tom brady four games for this <laughs> you know you know also that um like robert Kraft is like uh friends with uh donald trump yeah yeah donald trump i i think he responded by he saying like he was came racist. to his kind of came to his like support a little bit right he Today? was like did he? what did he say he was just like i'm very shocked by the news uh-huh um i think people are were saying that he's kind of defending him a little bit oh well are they saying that because he didn't outright say this is reprehensible yeah <laughs> he just said, I'm yeah surprised yeah i guess yeah um so there's that element of it too i think it's not surprising because it's donald trump yeah yeah so we'll see what happens with him um yeah yeah so i think uh i think all we need to do now is just like see what happens these next couple of games for the lakers yeah who are they playing uh after the pelicans yeah so they they play the pelicans twice in the span of a couple games here but let me look at the schedule real quick. So they have, yeah, they have the Pelicans tomorrow. Then they go to Memphis and then back home against the Pelicans again. And that rounds out the games for the month of February. Okay. Their slate of games in March is going to be a lot more difficult. But for these next three games, all winnable games. Mm-hmm. You can almost make a case that they should win the rest of these games at New Orleans, at Memphis, and home against New Orleans. Oh, yeah. So if they do that, then they would go into March at 32 and 29. Okay. It was like a four-game four win streak? Yeah, that would be a four-game win streak. And then, yeah, the March Slater games is pretty tough they got the bucks twice they have they have to go to toronto they have a game against denver boston uh a pretty pivotal game against the kings so march is going to be a really interesting uh month Mm -hmm. to look at they also play the brooklyn nets in march so you can get you can get to see your favorite ex-laker d'angelo russell i'd be curious to know what the king's uh strength strength of schedule is because I think they're pretty much the only team that we need to worry about, right? Because it's the Clippers are, yeah, are yeah. essentially out of it. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll just keep, you know pay attention to the next couple of games. Hopefully, they'll all be wins for the rest of the month. Um, so yeah, let's just end the podcast here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good win. Good win. Uh, we have good feelings going into the, this weekend. Good vibes. Good vibes. Uh, hopefully the Lakers will keep this up. Hopefully LeBron will have the patience with these young guys to, <laughs> you know, 
help them grow into their roles here. There's a lot of growth for these guys still, you know. And for sure. um, hopefully this all results in a playoff push. So with that said, um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, and uh, have a good weekend. And we'll check in with you guys next time. Thank you for tuning into 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.